Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. I'm Corey. That's Tanner and Coach Tony Ursland, as always. Uh, guys, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. With there, there was a meet Monday night, right? Like, I, I, should we should we start talking about that? If that's we what we you probably should. If that's what you want to call it. Um, Tony, I alluded to this, some of the press releases, and, uh, you know, there's there's plenty out there about it, but um, that was a historic, uh, historic win in the Purdue-Indiana series, and um, was just a, a whole lot of damn fun. Yeah, no, um, you know, on a lot of levels. And I think we talked about this some uh, last week, possibly on the, uh, the podcast. I mean, it was, it's, a week, it's a week ago now, which might be, you know, three years actually in, in COVID time, right? Right. So, 100%. Um, so I apologize. But I know with the team, there was, there was a lot of reasons about, you know, we were talking about being excited for the meet. I mean, one, it's you know, you're peaking, right? Like you're getting ready for big tens. And we'll talk a lot more about that next week, you know, as we go into the tournament, but you're, it's the last competition of the year. It's senior night. You're peaking in what's already a shortened season. You know, so there was just a lot of reasons to be, uh, be excited. You were on TV, you know, in-state rival. So I think there was just a lot there that had us excited, not just that it was your in-state state rival. Now it makes it pretty sweet, right? Like it's sweeter because of it. And you speak in, in historical terms, you know, with the 38 to three win, um, you know, it was just more me, you know, thinking about guys, Hey, it's time to have that hard edge. You're in shape, your weight's under control. Our motivation is high. You know, let's, let's, let's go after these guys and, and have fun. And, and I thought you saw those guys, you know, really take that to heart. And, and so it makes me not just excited because of the win, but in terms of where they're trending as we head towards big tens. Absolutely. Uh, to give a little context to some people, um, it is the, the, the biggest win in series history since 1920 when uh, IU won. IU won by a large margin in 1920. Um, it's the largest win since then. 35-point spread between the two teams. And uh, Purdue's 11 straight wins in the series uh, marks the longest stretch by any Purdue team in history. And it is the longest streak for either side since IU won about the first 15 meetings from like 1916 to 1928 or something like that. Yep. So it's, um, you know, obviously a great sign of, of the progress of the program. It's a great sign of, of where the guys are at right now. Um, you know, six, six of the wins in the duel. We won nine of 10 matches. Six of those wins came by bonus point. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk through a lot of those wins, but um, just a, a nice offensive output. It was the most points we'd scored in a duel, in a Big Ten duel, since uh, putting 41 on Wisconsin in 2012. Oh, wow. Good. Good. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, it, uh, it, was, it was fun. That's all I can say. It was a lot of fun. So here's, here's – Corey and I were just talking about this before we got on, Tony, and so I, I'm curious to hear your, your response to this, but, like, it is, it is very common for coaches to see the holes in the win. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you finish the duel, you, you accomplish all the stuff we just talked about, right? And uh, you're still at the drawing board looking for where it could have been better, could have been yep. more, could have been extra. Um, is that how you keep your edge? Is that how you keep 
chasing, like, what is that about coaches that, that kind of like looks at things that way? Like you could look at it as it being very, very negative. I don't, I don't yep. look at it that way, but it could be yeah. perceived that way. Yeah. I, I think it's, at least for me, I don't want to speak about all coaches, but I know for a lot of us, um, it, it's about being as you as good as you can be, which I've talked before. It's not just about the wins and the losses. And I truly believe that. I know maybe that's a little cliche because if we lose, it's a different mindset. But when you perform, you want to see the kids, you get everything out of that young man that you know he's capable of. And when you're in there every day and you really know what his high-end wrestling looks like, that's where you, you're kind of nitpicking. And you also know that's what's going to make the difference in two weeks and in, you know, in a month, right at, at nationals, as you finish up. So it, it's more about that process. And Hey, in the big picture, where was he really? You know, I, I can talk about Max Lyon getting lazy with his lead leg one time, you know, he had a tech fall. And the thing that sticks out in my head is, man, he got lazy with that right leg and the guy got on his leg. You know what I mean? Like we can't have that happen. You know, big 10 finals, semifinals, national finals, whatever you protect the lead leg, move your feet you know, do some of the basic things. So I think it's more about understanding what everybody's capable of and you striving for that. Okay. And so even though we had a strong performance, certainly I'm not satisfied because uh, I know what these guys are capable of. And we do remind of them of that often, like, Hey, I know what your best looks like. That wasn't it. Yes. Enjoy the win. I told the guys that, you know, Monday night, enjoy the win. You have every right to enjoy this, but let's just make sure we get up tomorrow and we're ready to get better, you know, and that, and it starts again. So um, that's honestly where it comes from more for me. Yeah. That we should enjoy it. You know, uh, especially this year, man, like, you know, fewer opportunities to compete. You should be grateful for this, but man, you know, understand big picture. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, coach. I completely, I understand that approach. I respect that approach. That's what makes good to great. But we we definitely mocked you a little bit with your, you know, I I, I ran into you Tuesday morning. I'm like, hey, great. 100%. And you're like, yeah, it was a little sloppy. Yeah. It was 38 yeah. to three, man. It was historic. Yeah. It was, you won nine of 10 bouts, six of them by bonus points, four in a row, two falls. Like, seriously? Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, no, you're I'm, and I'm, you know, and <laughs> you're right. You guys, you know, and, and, and you know what, and I can laugh with you, right? right? Sometimes I can't laugh with you, right? Sometimes that goes right over my head and I can laugh with you a little bit. Um, but I, that's how I feel. Like it was a little sloppy in places. Yes, we were dominant. And a lot of that was uh, we had a strong mindset, right? Like we I talk about authority, right? Wrestle with authority, wrestle with an edge. And they did more of that. So that was a big positive. And I thought that's what helped us, you know, um, do what we did. But at, at times, you know, you, you want to wrestle hard. You also want to wrestle smart. And I thought there was a, some moments, man, where we got away from the game plan. And this is the time of year you got to execute your game plan, right? Like by now we know what it is and it's your job to go execute it. So that's, that's more where I think about it. Um, one random thing I will tell you though, as another big positive though, I thought, a lot of our guys wrestled with emotion, which is a good thing. And if you look at like Griffin Perry, you know, he had a real purpose that mm -hmm. beat him last year, you know, and I can talk about why, but um, you know, he, fact of the matter is he dropped the match to that kid last year. Right. And I think he, he really had it in his head that he was going to right the wrong and he felt very strongly about it. And it meant a lot. And you could see that. You know what I mean? When he put him on his back, there's been times when I've seen Griffin put guys on their back and they, they've kind of come off. 
and it looked different and it felt different. This time, you know, he, he tore his head off, you know, and then when he put him on his back, I was like, there ain't no way this kid's coming off his back. Like Griffin put the clamps on him. And um, I think the similarly, the most emotion I've seen out of Garrett Ninehouse this year, mm-hmm. you know, that, that meant a lot. I mean, he, he came up out of that scramble and then pinned him and uh, you know, he, he was excited. And I love that. You know what I mean? Like you, you should feel that way all the time when you're going out with that emotion. So, so I did really like the emotion uh, and the edge that they had on them. It's just simply correcting some, some technical things. And I want to jump in there. One, one other thing you said earlier, and you just touched on it again. I, it reminded me, I was watching a big 10 duel, not a Purdue duel a couple of years ago. And, and Tim Johnson and Jim Gibbons were on the call. And I, I listened to announcers more than, more than anybody is like you, I study, study announcers. One of them made a point that, you know, if you watch, I'm not sure if it was, it was Spencer Lee or if it was, you know, Jason Nall, who they were, who they were watching. But the point that they made was the execution is perfect every time. The leg, the ankle is not two inches out of place. It's exactly where it needs to be every time the shot is tight it's quick it's low it's whatever it is it's perfect every time and that's what it has to be because that's the difference between an all-american and a national champion yep. and, and in the big 10 that that one mistake in seven minutes because your ankle was you know a bit slow or you hung your front leg out or you you were you lost you know the the, the collar tie that is the difference at 100%. I mean, you think about, let's just, I mean, I'll, and I'll go specific a little bit, but um, like, think about Max Lyon. If Max Lyon protects that lead leg, and that's why I'm keyed in on him right mm-hmm. now. Um, if he can learn to protect that right leg a little bit better, we know he's going to be on guys' legs, right? We know he's in shape. We know he understands his game plan. He's got to execute protecting that right leg, you know, and if he does that, he, that's where he's going to really put himself in position for some great things mm-hmm. already proven, right. With his three top 10, you know, four top 10, whatever his wins are that he can wrestle with the best kids. And as you just said, it comes down to the consistency of that execution in those tough matches. And so for him, that's why, Hey, we come out of it. Like nice job, getting your points. You were aggressive. You know, you wrestled with an attitude now, Hey, let's look at this here on film. See, we got, we got a little lackadaisical. We quit moving our feet and we didn't protect our leg. You know, that's more about that stuff and keeping that in perspective instead of just saying, oh, great, we, we won big. Let's, let's, you know, let's move on. You know, then, then you lost an opportunity to get better. I think it's great that, um, you know, a good segue into, into some details about the duel. You know, you brought up Griffin and you brought up Garrett. Uh, they were the two guys that got our falls on the evening. Um, and, and I think, you know, to start with, with Griffin Perry, um, you know, the, the, the teaser that I put on Twitter with the, the video was that the, the intro lasted longer than the match. And um, while that, that may not be like literally true, it, it was damn close. Uh, you didn't have a stopwatch on it. Yeah, no, I, I kind of looked, I kind of looked at it. It was pretty close. They were, they were comparable. Um, 24 seconds to a fall for Griffin uh, comes out, locks him up in that front headlock puts the mixer on him, puts him on his back. And like you said, the kid wasn't getting off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, he seems to be in a really good place right now, dialed in, you know, his weight's good. His mindset's good. He's training re- really hard in the room. And I think you're, you're seeing a, a very confident young man take the mat right now. You know, he seems to be in a really good place. And like I said, 
um, he, he, you could tell clearly that was important to him. You know what I mean? And so that purpose is what I want him to remember. You know, it does not necessarily mix a guy every time, right? Everybody should know we're not talking about that, but man, he, when he hit his hold, you mean he's not Chad Welch. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not, he's not quite, no. Chad. <laughs> he's, he's close. Don't get me wrong. He's close, but no, Chad Welch was good for that about what? Six, seven times a year, probably. Good Lord. But I just, I like the, man, he, he got him in the front head and he didn't hesitate with where he was going. You know what I mean? He, he, again, authority is the term I use. And so that's what you want to keep seeing out of him when he hits his holds, go hard, you know, wrestle with authority. You know, that's two straight weeks for Griffin where he's putting guys on their backs. He's scoring bonus points. He is, you know, he is, like you said, he's wrestling with authority. Um, You know, it's no secret that Griffin's dangerous people know this, you know, he's a, he's an honorable mention all American last year. Um, he's got a, he's got a, a cliff King, you know, runner up finish under his belt. Um, he has, he's beat some of the top guys. Like everybody knows what he's capable of. Um, where is he different right now? Where is that, you know, where is he taking it to a new level that, that, that maybe lets him do some special things? Well, I think it's consistency in his lifestyle and his training. Uh, I mentioned a little bit, right? I teased it before. He's very consistent right now. His weight is very good, right? And, uh, and you know, I see in the room he's training hard, and I think his lifestyle, you know, outside of the room has been very good as well. It's, it's hard to have your weight under control if you're not having that lifestyle where it needs to be. So I think it's that consistency, and that's probably a boring answer, right? I just – I don't think there's any real mysteries, you know, uh, with excellence. It's your lifestyle's in order. You're thinking right. You're training right. You have confidence in what you're doing. And, and I would say that he has created that situation for him right now. Um, Transition. I mean, Corey, you have anything else on Griffin before we move to Garrett? No, it's just, it's great to see him, you know, performing. I know, uh, like you said, he, he didn't get some matches early, but, but but the four that he's gotten, he's really come out and he showed out every single time. It's 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 fun to watch. Yeah, he's get, and he's getting better right in the yeah. four matches. There's definitely you can see progression. So um, not only, you know, as he had four, but he's gotten better each match, which is what you want to see. For sure. Well, I mean, it's, it's exciting. You see, you know, he goes out and he gets the kid from Michigan State and, and beats him 11 to two. He puts him on his back twice. Yeah. Um, this is a kid who's, a you know, a junior world medalist in Greco. Um, that same kid comes out this last weekend and, and beats Kanan store at Michigan, who was ranked sixth in the country going in that match, headlocked him twice, mm-hmm. put him on his back. It they they was beautiful. Um, yeah. and so, you know, and that kid with that win has now surged into some of the rankings and, and it's, you know, that looks like more of a quality win now than it did a week ago for Griffin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he is, uh, you know, he, he, he's moving in the right direction for March for sure. Absolutely. Um, Garrett Ninehouse got a fall as well. Um, kid is, is tricky on bottom, huh? Yeah. I mean, when he gets his hips moving, you know, he's, he's hard to follow, right? We've, we've talked about that before. Um, and you know, uh, the nice thing there was the kid kept returning. We didn't get our hips out enough, right? We're talking about, you know, being sloppy. He was coming up and we were leaving that foot behind and getting returned down, you know, kind of drugged down. Um, for people who saw the match and you know when that guy came up over our hips to go chop we went with it and got our hips back over first you know on him and wound up in that headlock position we really put him in danger 
And I strongly feel that that Garrett is like that. The more motion and action he creates, the more danger there is for his opponents. It's when, if we stand around, you know what I mean? Then he can't use kind of his wrestling IQ that he has. Right. Um, right now as a young guy, you know, position based is some, some things we're still working on. What positions, you know, is he going to be good from where does he really need to shore some things up? But I do know when, when there's wrestling going on and there's some scrambling, you know, that favors him. And so I was glad to see when that guy came over the hips, you know, he took it to a place where now the kid can't stay basic. He has to, he has to wrestle and scramble a little bit. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a function of the scrambling, but he also connects moves as well as, as anybody I've seen in in a while, you know, he's not just looking to clear hands and get his one. He's looking to you know, hit a reversal and get two. He's not just looking to get the reversal. He's looking straight into a headlock and get the turn. Like he, there is, there is no pause. He just, it, it, it seems fluid, you know, yeah. he, he connects moves and, and really gets the other guy in trouble. Yep. And that, and that will be his goal, right? Is how he can create this chain wrestling, right. And keep wrestling continuous. Cause that will favor him. You know, the, the guys who want to just hold position or maybe mm-hmm. just, and hand fight and try to minimize risk, right? Those that guys will want to do that with him. So his goal is going to be, hey, how can I create action, you know, at times enough action within the match that is going to favor me and give me opportunities to put points on the board. And at the same time, he's going to learn, you know, he'll learn, you know, some hand fighting, right? How to hold some position, right? Those things. But truly his, his goal, my opinion, is to drag guys into those, those exchanges where they're forced to wrestle, you know, back and forth with us. Now, I know you're not a big rankings guy. Um, you know, they're just numbers in front of names, and, and I can appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, you know, Garrett's gonna, Garrett finishes the dual season at five and three, um, and uh, he was in need of a signature win for his NCAA resume, and, uh, and he got that. On Monday, you know, Nick South at IU was ranked 20th in the country in a variety of polls. And, uh, you know, after after dropping the close one to Jake Tucker at Michigan State the week before, you know, Garrett was, he, you know, in order to really improve his standing for NCAAs, he needed a signature win and he went out and got it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we, we let that one against uh, Tucker the week before slide, right? One point match or, you know, maybe a couple point match, but right there to win it had a lot of good leg attacks and just didn't finish. And so, you know, I think it was uh, a focus two of his, right. Hey, be, be aggressive early. And the one thing I, I liked is he was in on a couple shots. He had a couple good leg attacks early where he didn't quite finish, but that was a little bit of a change, you know, where he was going sooner from his good positions and creating action. So even though we didn't get a score, I was happy with how he came out. Maybe a little low, though, after those two attacks, right? So our goal is, hey, you had two good early. Now now where's three and four so that we can continue to make guys wrestle us? You know, don't let them stand around and try to just make it. Can I get a riding time point? You know, to me, uh, I use, uh, you know, young man looked like, man, he was just going to try to ride solid and just keep it, you know, get a minute riding time or maybe even ride out the period, right? You slow it down in that way. So, um like I said, our goal is going to be to, hey, let's keep uh, more action on the board going. That only favors you. Sure. Um, I'd like to transition to Parker Phileas next, if, if no one else has an objection. Uh, Parker, like Griffin, uh, went out and got his second straight bonus point win. Um, you know, this is a guy who kind of had some early season struggles, lost some close matches. Um, but he seems to be figuring it out lately, uh, you know, 
won 12 to two on, on, uh, on Monday, uh, won by technical fall up at Michigan state, um, you know, scoring some back points. He, he's, he's putting a few things together. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's coming. You know, and we've talked about, you know, we've had guys had to have pauses, right. Sit out from COVID. You have contact tracing and, and honestly, uh, Parker was a guy who had to have a little bit of a pause right before the season. You know what I mean? Um, so he, notably had a slow start right he did and we we were busy those first couple weekends you know we you know he didn't get a compete in the northwestern duel and then the next two weekends he came back we had two duels on a friday sunday with a long road trip and then we had uh, a try the next weekend so you know you, you get four matches you know that's almost half your matches right in a nine nine duel season and you already missed one so we had half his matches in the first weekends as he's coming back. So, so it's understandable, right? Like you've got to, you've got to frame these things, at least in his mind, he has to understand, you know I mean? That's our dialogue. You know, fans don't need to worry about those things, but you know, he needed to understand, Hey, we're, we're still, we're getting in shape. We're, we're, you know, figuring out our game plan. We're making weight. Those are all positives. And so as long as we kept, you know, advancing and getting better, you'll be fine by the time we get to March. And so, I just think, you know, he's been, he's been smart. You know, he stayed the course and, and he's seen, he's seen his best wrestling now. And I expect to see him, uh, you know, make another jump going into big tents. Yeah. Um, you brought up Max Lyon. He had a tech fall, uh, wrestled a real nice match. You know, uh, the, the young man from IU was wrestling his first college match. And so that was a, uh, baptism by fire, unfortunately for, for, for that kid. Um, and then, you know, ho-hum, Devin Schroeder, Kendall Coleman go out, put major decisions on the board wrestled really nice matches and, uh, and really got, you know, we, we took the first, uh, I don't know how many matches we, we, we won six straight started off. Yeah. And, and those guys, and those guys really had things. They really had things firing for us. Yeah. I think I thought everybody, even where Emil, you know, came up a little short, I thought everybody, um, emotionally was, was in a really good spot. Like you said, you like to see, uh, an edge on your kids, right? Compete with an edge. Um, you don't want to be flat, you know? And so um, I was happy with where we were at from a mindset standpoint. Like I said, my only issues were our execution in some spots, you know, where it was sloppy. And so we've got to shore that up. But I thought everybody, Amel uh, included, was ready to wrestle. You know, mm-hmm. battled hard. Um, he's just got to put put more pressure on him in the third. I mean, when we, when we go neutral – because we don't want to waste time underneath, right? We don't want to let a guy try to slow us down. And we think, Hey, you know, we at least need a takedown and a ride out or two takedowns. You know, he's, he's got to uh, threaten him, you know, in, in, in a bigger way with, with leg attacks, you know what I mean? And, and action, we had a stall call. So, so those are the things Emil just needs to understand. How do I get to my leg attack and really threaten him? Or he does have a stall call. So how can I get another one? Now it's three, two, and he really has to engage me. He can't, you know, he can't play a game, you know, float away, you know, to the edge, circle, shoot us off, try to keep things, you know, close that way. So it's more about <clears throat> execution than, than effort, which is, which is a great thing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather be, we got to fix little mistakes and man, effort was poor and we didn't seem fo- focused or dialed in. You know, I'm glad you brought up Emil because I think it's an interesting, I think there's an interesting kind of like thing that, that could be missed here. And, and we've talked about this kind of in general with a lot of people. Um, in wrestling, the Big Ten only schedule, um, you know, Emil has wrestled a unbelievable gauntlet of 174 pounders. 
from across the, across the country. You know, number one, number six, <clears throat> number four. He's wrestled a lot of really tough guys, um, and uh, and he's wrestled them all close. I mean, you know, yes, the score was five one on Monday, but it was really, I mean, it was a one takedown match, right? Like, it, yeah, it was three one until late. Yeah, he gave up. He gave up one at the buzzer because he was because he was selling out to try and get something right. Right. You look at a kid like Amel, and I mean, you could you could say this about a lot of guys in the lineup. Like, they're not far off. Like when we're 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 looking at NCAA's and we're looking at the auto bids and we're looking at where guys are in the rankings. And we'll get more into that next week, but it's like these guys are one takedown away from a national spot. They're you know they're they're a few seconds of riding time away from a national spot. Like, how close do you see it in your mind when you, when you talk about a guy like Amel and, like, how, how he's, he's right there? Well, I think um, he's always right there, right? His, his style <clears throat> lends itself to, to keeping it close, right? Like, I talked about offense and, and a little lack of it. That's kind of been the, the thing we're trying to get him to discover, you know what I mean, is, hey, we've got to find some offense because – he is fairly stingy. You know, he's always within a takedown of guys, but he's got to find a way to create offense. The one thing I think that's most important though, right? It, it's, it's kind of your, your mindset or your belief in what you're capable of, you know, losing close uh, should not be a consolation prize. Like when you, when you uh, set out to be the best at something, right? When you make your goal to be a national champion, Losing close is not what you aspire to do, right? And so we've got to make sure, and, and not just Emil, you know, here, but he's he's kind of the example right now. And I'm probably talking to Emil, you know, through this a little bit, um, you know, right? This this is for you, Emil. Um, you know, you've got to make sure. I'll clip it. I'll clip it and send it to him. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, you got to make sure that that that's not the consolation prize in your mind too. You don't say. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I'm just right there. You know, like you don't evaluate yourself in that way. Certainly you're not going to hang your head, right? Like I don't, I don't want him to walk in the, in the building today, hanging his head, but from a mental uh, belief standpoint, it can't be good enough to be close, right? It can't, you can't console yourself by saying, Oh, well, I'm close. Well, that's not going to ever get you to the top. Right. So he's got to, understand that that's not what we're striving to do and I've got to you know make some changes and it, and that it will take that belief that this is what I'm capable of and this is not acceptable so I've got to change it and then and then he'll then he will change it um, until then right sometimes it's hard to change and that's just people so so I, I just I really want to make sure that all of our guys understand though like that's losing close um, is not what you should do to console yourself. Now understand if you think big picture too, if I'm willing to make these changes, I am right there. I do have the ability to win. I I do have a disciplined lifestyle, like all of these good things that you do have. So, you know, it's both sides of the coin, right? Tanner. Yes. We're close. I agree with you. He's close. But that can't can't be enough. You can't think that way. It's a trap. Right. That, that's an absolute trap for every athlete that you sit there and you think, well, I'm, I'm close. And you console yourself with it because it really keeps you from digging in and doing what is absolute necessary. When you start flipping those close matches, then you're figuring some stuff out. And, yeah. that, and that's honestly where I'm I'm kind of at with Emil. And I, and I love him. He's a great kid. He works his tail off. He's disciplined. He deserves. Right. He deserves success. 
he ain't earned it yet. And, and that's what we're, uh, we want him to, to earn this thing the next couple of weeks and he can and will flip matches around. I, I mm-hmm. promise you that. Um, but like I said, I think from a mental standpoint, I think it's huge that guys understand that. Don't, don't fall into that trap. Don't console yourself with, well, I'm only, I'm, I'm only losing close. I'm right there. Well, no, you, you've not flipped it enough. Right. So we're not understanding yet what absolutely has to be done. And, and I encourage him to do that, but that's obviously, like I said, knowing we, we got full confidence in him and belief, but Hey, let's, let's, let's get it. Corey, all I can think about when Tony's talking about it being a trap, I'm thinking of the Star Wars gift with, with Admiral Ackbar. <laughs> I didn't know if Tony would get the reference, so I, I knew you would get the reference. I'm and a so, huge Star Wars fan. I, listen, I've watched that thing more times, so I get it. I can sit there and recite lines with you. It's so, a trap! But I don't know how that still that still applies here. But <laughs> at least I love all the I, series. All I can see is, is Admiral Ackbar going, it's a trap! That's all I got. Good that's, Lord. That's, what, that's what I got there. Wow. Oh, Lord. Um, anything else from the IU duel, guys? I mean, God, we could go through every single match and, and talk through what, what all these guys did because it was it was so impressive. And it was it was like I said, you know, we, we, we've kind of gone over this. It was historic. It was great. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, never gets old. it never gets you know, being a lifelong Purdue fan like that rivalry just never gets old to me. Yep. Yeah, no. Like I said, I, I'm listen, I'm proud of the fight that the guys had. Uh, Panola had a closer match, but he was he you know, he was just going to tough it out however hard it had to be. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, uh, uh, I'll mention uh, Jake Rundell. Um, that match kind of had momentum swings in it a little bit. We yeah, did back and we let that kid kind of come back at us. And then you could see at the end, that kid was wore out and Jake, you know, finished on top. So proud of him for, for fighting, you know, he could have really let it get away from him and, and he didn't. And, and I think he was tired. Um, why right now he's got to figure out, you know, I think there's some things he can, he can play with, but, but he did battle back. You know, he came out hard. He fought off a lot of stuff early, put the kid on his back. I think he started to float in the middle, right? Like he, he had a gap there where he let the guy back in and he got too comfortable with being ahead instead of just coming after him hard and really, you know, putting the kid to the test. So, so we've got to work on that. But, um, but, you know, hey, you know, another win for him where, again, you're seeing progress, right? From where he started to where he's at now. There is a, there's a lot of progress having won his last two matches. So excited for him. I was just going to say that another yeah, kid who's won his last two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Add him to that list with Griffin and Parker, you know, a guy who's a guy who's starting to figure it out a little bit. No doubt. So no, like I said, overall, I'm excited going into big tens and uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to train hard. Um, you know, we, we had a day off yesterday and now today we're back in the room and, and uh, we'll kind of set the tone for, for what's coming with big tens. Sounds good. Corey, what else we got today? Well, there've been a couple um, sort of off the mat uh, um, features done on a couple guys this week. I know they've been really, really well received. Uh, there's a, a feature story on Parker Phileas and his, his, uh, sort of ongoing uh, addressing of, of all aspects of leading a healthy lifestyle, which was fantastic as part of the more than a game series um, that Purdue athletics is doing. And then, and then a, a feature done by a, a friend of the pod, Connor Hoke and the BTN crew uh, on uh, 
uh, Jared Florell and, and all of his great works off the mat. Uh, some really cool pull quotes about, you know, his family and, and his dad being his hero, which anytime I hear that, uh, I just love hearing that. Uh, great perspectives, certainly out of a 20 something young man who's, who's impressive in all aspects. And we've had him on the show. Everyone knows that. Uh, but just it, it's really awesome to see the uh, these guys, you know, sort of these stories help fill out the picture of, of who these these gentlemen are as as human beings, not just as student athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two two impressive young men. We, listen, we've got lots of impressive kids in our program. So I just want to throw that out. I I know I tweeted the other yesterday, I think, you know, very thankful to the seniors. Right. You know, their leadership and yeah. what we have here. And so I, I do I want to throw that out you know, right away that I, I really enjoy this group. Um, you know, it really shows though what, what, uh, it's a microcosm of what the journey for a lot of college student athletes is, right? It's the next step into a uh, life experience, you know, out in the bigger world, right? It's a bigger world than, than high school. And so to show how these young men are, you know, um, kind of making their way through and what their experiences are and, and kind of how they grow and develop is impressive. That's, that's always been, you know, what I've enjoyed. You certainly love the competition aspect, right? That gets your heart pumping. But these guys come in, they're coming in boys. I often say they come in boys and they're going out men. And then that's truly the case. And to uh, have these guys articulate it, right, in a very uh, understanding way for people, uh, I think is, is, is very cool. And so I appreciate them sh- taking the time to share their stories and use the form that they have. I know Jared has said that and taken it very seriously, but I think Parker Parker's insight uh, is is very similar, you know, into like his experiences. Um, for me, Tony, like there's always this, uh, you know, the outside world. It's really easy to forget that these kids are their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy. You, you watch them compete on such a high stage, and you watch them, you know, and, and in all sports, you know. These kids are out there competing for national titles and they're on ESPN and they're on the big 10 network and they're doing all these, these huge things and they have these huge athletic goals. And it's really easy to forget that a, that they're, they're kids, you know, they're 18 to 22 years old. They have no life experience. They, they haven't done a whole lot. Um, and B that they're, they're not just athletes. They have other interests. They have other, you know, endeavors. They have other goals away from their sport. They, uh, they have feelings. That's a big one. That's a, that's a big <laughs> yeah. one that people forget. Yes. They have feelings. They get happy. They get sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. It, it's amazing. You see people, especially with the emergence of social media, they're willing to take shots at kids and, and talk about, you know, who somebody choked or somebody did this, or they're, you know, they're soft or they're weak or they're whatever. And it's like, man, that's a, that's a, that's a young man that you're talking about that, yeah. or a young woman that you're talking about that, uh, yeah. you know, they're going to go home and read this. Like, do you, do you yeah. feel okay with yourself about saying that type of deal? So it's, um, I think pieces like these two and, and some of the, you know, that we've done various stuff on other kids as well, but like, it's just a great reminder that, um, that they're people and that there's so much more to them than just what they do um, in, in the, in the playing venue, in the competition venue. Yep. Well, and I think a lot of it too, is it gives them peace, right? Or at least you hope that's the thing, right? Like um, Parker has talked about it, but I, and I know Jared in different ways, right? 
you have turmoil or you have, you know, these emotions that don't, they conflict, right. With what you want to do or what your experiences are now. And, um, you know, when you can, can be at peace with what you're doing and who you are and how you're navigating your way through this, I think that just allows you to be the person you want to be, the man you want to be, the wrestler you want to be. Uh, I've always said, I think these go hand in hand. You know, it's not always the technical stuff, even though I've just spent, you know, 40 minutes, right. And we're going to go down the room and we got to fix some technical stuff. We got to move our feet, but, but a big piece, right. Is being confident in who you are, you know, what you're about. Uh, and when you have a lot of those answers, a lot of decisions get made for you. Right. I mean, when you know what you stand for and who you're, you know, who you want to be, then it's like those decisions get easier. And that's what you want. You want a kid to say, Hey, I got to do the right thing here. You know what I mean? I need to make a good decision here, you know, no matter what it is, you know, whether we're talking about social justice, whether we're talking about, you know, training, whether we're talking about school, those things all come into play and it's easier to make that decision because you know who you are and what you stand for. Okay. And, and I think that goes hand in hand, as I just said, for being your best on the mat, when you have that part figured out, it's so much easier to come to practice and just focus on the process because we're not trying to put out seven other fires in your life because school's a mess. Your relationships are a mess. Maybe, you know, your weight's a mess. Who knows, right? Like whatever there is in your life that is, um, you know, it, it gets a little easier, certainly not easy, right? I wouldn't say that life is, is going to be tough, but it gets easier because a lot of these things, those decisions kind of are coming to clear view about what you should do and how you handle things. Corey, you got anything on that? I, I can't. <laughs> the awkward that silence. I'm Moment of silence. The turn it on, Corey. He's, he's, di he's digesting all this right now. I, I am, but I don't. I don't know that I can add anything to that. That's just. It, it's absolutely true, and and I think it's great perspective. The the bigger picture perspective that you know so often gets lost. It's it's fun to hear that. It's refreshing to hear that. Um, the thing that stuck me watching the Parker piece, uh, I loved how he talked about, you know, if you don't understand, if you don't have good communication, if you don't have good trust in your head coach or your assistant coaches and they tear you up, it's going to hit you wrong. But if you trust them, if you believe them, if you understand that they see something in you that maybe you don't see in you then it's okay. You can go all in on that and you don't take it personal and you just understand they're trying to make you the best you can be. And I'm like, yep. man, that, how does, how does this kid have that perspective? That's brilliant. It's so well put. And it's a great thing for aspiring young, whether it be athletes or uh, whatever your chosen field is, find somebody that you trust, find a mentor or a coach that you trust, that you believe that is going to push you, that's going to hold you accountable and uh, your life's going to be so much richer for it. Yep. No, that's, I think you just, you hit it right on the head. There's no other. And you said you had nothing more had. true than know. that. Right. Because we, we are in a, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a profession, right? I guess it's a profession as a coach. It kind of ends up being your life, but um uh, you you have to be critical, right? You cannot get where you want to be. Young men, in my opinion, have to be pushed, and that involves critique, right? And it's not always it's not always you know, hey, you're you're awesome, you're great. In fact, it's it's usually different, right? You come from high school where you by were by far the best, and you probably hadn't done anything wrong. 
in your coach's eyes for years, right? Cause you've won every match. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it, it turns into, Hey, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. You got to do this. And, um, art, right. That's, that can be hard to hear. And that's why, you know, um, it's not always just the best kids that make it, make their way through, uh, so, you know, college wrestling and college sports. I'm sure I can only speak to wrestling, but it's, it's a grind. And so it's just a different animal where the kids who can handle the, uh, coaching, hard coaching, um, usually, you know, um, make it through, uh, probably the best, right. Cause there's that critique that is part of it and they want that and there there's a value to it and they don't run from it, you know, and that's, and so th- those can be things that are hard, and you do have to have that trust, Corey, that you you were you know just talking about. So yeah, one hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, you know, I, I spoke to this on you know I put something out on I think Facebook maybe um, regarding the Parker piece. I was I was lucky enough to to get to work with that work on him work with him on that. I can talk, I swear. Um, and uh, I was particularly moved by just how vulnerable Parker was willing to be. Um, you know, that was a subject that that's, you know, a little delicate, you know, mental health is, is not always the easiest thing for, for young men and young women to, to speak about. Um, and it's getting better as, as more resources are made available to them. And, and, you know, and that was kind of part of, that was a big part of, of Parker's, you know, story is that, you know, it's one thing to, have those things available to you. It's another thing to know that they're, you know, it's another thing to know it and it's a whole other thing to use it. Sure. And uh, so, I'll, yeah. I'll repeat myself. Um, I think it's because he's confident in who he is now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been through the journey. He can speak to it uh, and, and be open, right? Like you said, it can sometimes be a tough uh, situation, or, right? Or a tough topic, but he knows, he knows who he is. He knows what he's doing, right? I think he's confident in, in that now. And, and he's on a, on a course that he set himself on just like, like Jared and, and a lot of our guys, a lot of our guys have made these decisions. And so, you know, that's what you want. You want people to understand who they are, what they're about. They make those decisions and now the path is before them, you know, and let's, let's follow the path. Let's stay on the path. Absolutely. Well, for, for those of you who have not seen either piece um, they're everywhere. They're, they're on uh, PurdueSports.com, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, uh, some of it's on Twitter. Uh, take time, go watch it. I think the Parker piece is about three minutes. The, the, the Jared Florell piece is about six minutes. Um, it, is, it is well worth your time to, uh, to check out these impressive young men. Um, A couple of announcements as we, as we move on past that. A couple of you know, these are these will be quick hitting topics, but just uh, just a couple of things. Big news in the wrestling world. Big news in college sports. The recruiting dead period was extended uh, once oh. again uh, okay. through the end of May, I believe. Um, it, it's it's an unfortunate reality, but it is our reality right now. Just uh, what what quick thoughts on that, Coach? Yeah, it's a bummer, right? Like nobody, we don't like to see it. Um, as you said, though, it's the reality and it's the reality for all. I would just say to, to young people out there, um, you know, this it's adversity, right? And you're not going to like it, but how we handle this is key. And so stay the course, communicate with the, your, your coaches and the people you're interested in and do your best to get to know them and, 
And, um, you know, um, we will get there, right. And, you know, we will get there. We're going to, we're going to be as creative as we can and, and build the relationships however we can. And so, yeah, that's, that's my best advice right now. Nobody likes it, but this is what it is. And so we've got to find a way to, 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 you know, negotiate our way through it and be better. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I just, I feel bad for the kids and the parents. Um, you know, college coaches can be upset if they want to. And, and, and you know, a lot, a lot of the people are, um, but I, I really, I feel for the kids, you know, they're, they're missing out on an experience. They're missing out on an opportunity to see things and, you know, experience this, you know, the way the kids have for, for, you know, a long time. I don't mm-hmm. know how many years, but a long time. Um, so uh, hang in there guys, gals, classes of 21 and 22 and 23 uh, hang in there. It'll we'll, we'll get back to having you guys around as soon as possible. Yeah. And uh, trust us, we're, we're watching coach coaches are out there digging and watching and uh, you know, we're waiting uh, anxiously, but, but we're watching. So keep it up. For sure. Um, the other thing I was going to throw in there, conference tournaments start this weekend, Tony, uh, some seedings have come out for the Mac and the ACC and some other things. Um, just an exciting time of year in college wrestling. Yeah, no, this is what you, what you train for. Uh, I get excited because we've had some state tournaments, right? We've had a few canceled or postponed, and that's obviously tough. Um, we don't like to see that, but we had Indiana. We had Iowa. We've had other state tournaments, right? They're going on right now. So um, that always motivates me when you see the end of the year and the kids have the opportunity to reach their goals. And I talked about emotion, right, with our team, and I like seeing that. Like, you, you see the emotion out of these kids. They made it through a tough season, a long season and, and that emotion to see it was, was awesome. And you want your guys to see that and, and Hey, understand, you know, get excited. Let's be excited about it. it it's here in front of us. We've, you know, I'm going to knock on wood, nothing bad happens, right. From a standpoint injury, but we've made it through a vast majority of this and we, we still have our opportunities in front of us. Absolutely. Um, fun news for next week. I'll tease a little bit here. Uh, gonna have uh, the brain, the, the the greatest mind in wrestling, Willie Saylor, gonna join us here on the Always Aggressive podcast next week as we uh, preview the Big Ten championships. Um, should be a lot of fun. Willie's a Willie's a wild card. He'll say some crazy stuff, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have him on here to to chat wrestling with us. Yeah, uh, lo- love Willie, a uh, friend of Willie, and known him for a long time. You know, I got introduced to him, uh, you know, when I was at Nebraska, you know, with Brian Snyder there. So uh, goes way back now. Uh, I have always enjoyed him. I think he'll have some great insights and some, some great thoughts on a lot of topics. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have him on and, uh, you know, see where the conversation takes us. A little nervous, but very excited. You guys going to put me to work with editing next week, it sounds like. <laughs> we might it's possible that'll be, that'll be great we look forward to having willie on next week nice tease there and then and, and i think we'll leave it right there we'll talk big tens next week as well get into that uh the btn announced all sessions going to be uh aired live on the network they're going to do some really cool um i i saw it described as red zone type coverage of the early rounds where they'll bounce hopefully from mat to mat whatever's whatever's hot so really interested in uh, seeing their coverage of that uh, taken off of the online streaming world and, and onto the linear network something to look forward to but uh, yeah we'll talk to Willie we'll talk Big Ten Championships next week 
Um, until then, thanks for joining us. Boiler up. <laughs>